Learn the most empowering hiring techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with your host, Rick Gerard. We hear a lot about culture today as being the most important aspect of growth. Yet product development and sales are too often prioritized over your people. Let's break this down for a quick minute. Your company's success and or failure is determined by your people and the relationship you have with their growth. What this means as an entrepreneur is that you are responsible for creating an environment where communication and failure are embraced and celebrated. It is only when people are safe and feel important that they take ownership of their role and allow themselves to thrive. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and business executives win-win the strongest hires. We do so by sharing insights from top-performing rebel entrepreneurs, game changers, and industry leaders like our guest today, Mr. Justin Erdstick. He is the president of Trendcore and Bricks. Now, in 2016, Justin focused on the business on hard work, perseverance, determination, resilience, compassion, and trust, and then began relaying these core values to his team through servant leadership. Each individual employee knows they're valued and respected, and in turn, they care for the company and the final product. As a result of his mindset shift, Justin has grown the company from $10 million in revenue to just over $60 million in a few years, which is what makes Justin the perfect expert for today's topic. Justin, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you. I wouldn't go expert, but... Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, man, you're growing a company and you're killing it and acquiring other companies. By the way, just as a side note, Justin's also my mentor for EO. I'm really happy to have you here today. We're going to share some good stuff with our audience. Yeah, I'm excited. So here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about why you must adopt the mindset shift from your product to your people. And then we're going to talk about Justin's mission to put the culture at the forefront of the business and the results of that work. Yes, sir. Now, you took over a company. Yes. Which was built up by your dad. Yes. And you came in with all these bright ideas. So like, tell me what you walked into. As we sit here, I'm kind of reflecting on, I'm almost a little grateful that... I had the experience I did with my father, and he is an amazing leader, but wasn't super focused on culture and people. So I got to experience that aspect is why I kind of tried to go full 180 when I took over into the realm of servant leadership. So when you walked into it, was the culture just like a normal basic culture? Was it a total shit show? Like what, what did you uh, walk into? <laughs> Hopefully my dad doesn't <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> I'd say the way I describe it is iron fist leadership. Okay. My way or the highway. Commander control. Exactly. Massive turnover, theft. It was unhealthy. You came into this. What was the challenge that you got yourself into? Well, taking something and transforming it into something that's not healthy into something healthy. I didn't really know what I was doing. I just know I had a vision on where I wanted to go. And I was introduced to a leadership program called Stagen that's out of Texas, which helped me understand that servant type of leadership. The most important thing is your people because you can't do it by yourself. So the beginning was, I'm like, okay. So in my industry, we're in construction. So you have we have our superintendents who run the field and there is constantly 
people getting overwhelmed with because we had so much work. I'm like, all right, this is going to be great. I'm going to kind of wind down, not take as much work. And that was the biggest mistake I ever made. It was just I went way overboard on the culture. I didn't want people to take work home and stress. So the first year I lost two million bucks. You look back and I still have all those superintendents that I did through those times. We didn't fire anybody, which really was the beginning of the foundation once we started getting busy and the trust that they gained in me as a leader, just because, you know, it's a big deal to lose that much money, but I saw what the future held. It's made us very strong to where we are today. So what inspired you, though, to make those changes in an industry that's typically not a cultural driven industry? Like I said, I think I didn't like getting treated the way I was treated working for my dad. I was miserable. Kind of a side note, my wife actually talked me into leaving because I was so miserable coming home every day. And so that was a massive turn for me and my dad where I, I said, I can't work for you anymore. The next day he came back and he was like, what do you want? What do you need? I can't do this. I don't want to do this. So that was like a year before I took over. Now you were telling me about, you took a tour of Zappos and that like really inspired you. I just kind of poured myself into personal growth as a leader because you can't just cruise through leadership and be no. successful. You think you're successful, right? But it's work to be better. I was in Vistage. I did the tour of Zappos, which really inspired our office space. And he's passed, but Tony Shade created this space of where you enjoy coming because the employees created it. It's just fun stuff everywhere. You know, he'd have like cubicles where it was full of like the ball pits and stuff like that, just random. They created that. Yeah, and it kept people there. Yeah, exactly. When you took over and you started kind of building this, what were the results? You already shared with us that you lost a bunch of money the first year, but then you kind of got on track. So like, why was this important to your company to really instill culture into it? That's a hard question to answer because I kind of had to let go of it for a little bit. Not that I was turning into anything where I was treating people poorly, but I was in so much fear of losing everything, which was, I guess, based off a of culture because I have so many employees that we help put food on their table. And that was my biggest fear of failure. So I just went hard in the paint and just started taking a ton of work. But the trust that was created, I was able to put my energy towards getting all the business while I still had my superintendents and office staff. I wasn't in fear of them leaving. It's all about in those times I've created a space where it's open door. Like you can say you have an open door, but are your people really comfortable coming into your office and asking for something that they need? I don't think that people are used to that. So they just don't do it. Even when you tell them, hey, I have an open door policy. It's like putting your purpose statement on your wall. Are you really living by that purpose and core values? Or is it just because you got this cool sticker on your wall, you know? So it's about actions that you take as a leader. There's a lot of companies experiencing attrition right now. People leaving due to the great resignation. Have you lost people? None. Gives me goosebumps because I had one of my operations manager. We did a review just before Christmas and I didn't even have fear of him leaving, but he was just, after we talked and I gave him some feedback and he's just like, I just want you to know that I'm here for the long haul. Things I've started to take for granted, right? But then he's sharing that with me and it's just like, cause right now in construction slammed, right? He's out in the field, so I'm sure he's getting hit up like crazy, but it's just, I'm able to focus on acquisitions in Arizona and that aspect of the business because I don't have the fear of them losing. And then you lose those important people, then you have knee-jerk reactions of hiring. And it's just like, I've seen it in the past and it's expensive. I've seen it at all different types of companies. And when you create a culture that people love to come to work, even if they go interview at another company, what ends up happening is they go and they see what a shit show it is. And they're like, huh, not going 
everyone there. If you create an environment where people want to be, they're going to stick around. All right, I'm Rick Girard, and you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. For our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Hey, check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find additional content and resources to help you land the strongest hires. You can also click the link to Healing Career Wounds, which is available now on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, all your favorite bookstores. Our guest today is Justin Erdstick. He is the president of Trendcore and Bricks. And we're talking about building a culture. So now we're going to dig into the weeds and I want to like really get into how you built that culture, what steps you took. I would imagine you probably started with like some self-introspection on who am I and what are my core values? Yeah, absolutely. Through these different leadership programs, you got to be willing to get vulnerable and be vulnerable with your people. And that's what I think a lot of leaders lack is getting uncomfortable. Small examples today, we still do it is like I meditate on a daily, right? So I do, we call it a recalibration on our, we have a core value meeting every Friday. And so we do this three minute recalibration and like everybody's on a Zoom just meditating. And for me, it was very uncomfortable, right, to introduce something like that, but it's been, everyone loves it. So, I mean, that's one example. It's those little things that are really important to people as opposed to we've got free lunch. I mean, that's nice too, but it's those little things that get people in the right headspace. And I would imagine that you don't have to deal too much with mental health. No. We have to make sure we're maintaining the mental health of our employees. I get it, but that's a daily practice, not a oh shit practice. I don't even think about that. Like that's so far from our arena, but something else I do is for customers and our employees, like I'll maybe once or twice a year, write handwritten letters to them individually. And just, I'm in depth because I really appreciate what these people are doing for us. So like give examples of where they're appreciated. You got in your core values. Did you kind of write them down and go, Hey, this is who we are. And I came up with them. I introduced them. Like you, you went through our website and we We've since revamped it because after reading a lot of books, it's like having too many core values isn't very healthy or it's not a great idea. No, it gets confusing. Yeah. And I was in this like culture kick and same with our purpose statement. You know, it it was just kind of all over the place. You know, I ran it by everybody. And sometimes, unfortunately, people don't want to disagree with you because you're the president. But that's another thing I want people to be comfortable with is pushing back on me. Even though my CEO, it's like, I can see the look on his face. I feel like he's, I'm getting broken up with, right? But he, you know, it's the best feedback I could ever get because he's just being honest with me and if, if I approach something the wrong way, so. So then you started to tackle culture. So let's talk about like, what did you do exactly? Like, what were the steps you took? You know, stepping back, it's just being a kind human to these people, right? There's so many different aspects of the business where integration for employees. We have a lot of field employees that come in and and we have a full, we want them to know the story of the business because there's a, it's a massive story. You know, my dad started it from scratch in 85, was in the field, blew it up to like a thousand employees in the 90s. And so the long history, and it's important for us to make them welcome. From that to having them, you know, we used to put these guys on scaffolding and we're doing 60 foot jobs. I know you're excited about that, but a lot of these guys, it's not that exciting to be way up there. And we weren't even doing any type of scaffold training, you know, and this is just my story, right? So I don't, there's no right or wrong, but this has been successful for us. It's just paying attention to little things, right? Like workman's comp in our industry is 
and very expensive for us. It's profitable for the insurance companies. But if you start to create a place where people don't want to fake injuries, right, and they actually want to go to work, you are able to like, so I just, I was like, what, where is the gap, right? What's missing? Why are these people feeling so like once they get injured and then they're getting attorneys being focused on the little things. So we have uh, one of our employees who just focuses on taking care of those people to make sure that they never get lost in the mix, right? Because they're not working for us anymore. Checking up on their injury, making sure the doctors are treating them well. I mean, dollars wise, we're up to $4 million a year in insurance. And now we're saving over a million dollars on that fixed cost because we look better to insurance companies, but that wasn't the goal of it. It's taking care of the people and then everything comes later. That's a big part of it. You're creating a purpose. You're sharing who you are, the story of the company, and you're actually drawing people into the purpose by allowing them to understand the why. Yes. So you're creating purpose. You're living kind of your by your core values. And then what are you doing to get people to buy in and to allow them to help spread it to new people that come on board? You got to be okay understanding people are going to make mistakes. You're going to lose money. It's what it is, but it's helping that person grow. And if they're willing to learn from their mistakes, I mean, that's the only way you're going to have significant growth, right? Is because if you're a leader and you want to become a massive business, you can't be stuck in these little transactions, right? That's a massive part of it. People feeling comfortable to make mistakes and acknowledging it and sharing it with fellow employees so they don't make the same mistake as well. It's really not that hard to do, but for some reason, it's so hard for us entrepreneurs to do it. We need to get this product release out or, oh, we need to, we're low on revenue this quarter. Yeah. You just got to let go. There's, I don't have the answer. I'm grateful that I, I have that capability of just being like, figure it out. I guess maybe because that's what my dad did to me. He said, good luck. Thankfully, you had the foresight to go into the self-improvement arena and really kind of spend some time on yourself and develop yourself as a leader. I think a lot of us don't do that. That's yeah. You always think to yourself as an entrepreneur, I'll do that later. I'll sacrifice that now so that we can get the product done or we can get something out to market. But doing it later often comes at a price where, oh shit, I didn't do that. Now I'm a terrible leader. And now we got to fix all these stupid problems. With high blood pressure. Yeah. And not sleeping at night. And yeah, it's uh, the analogy, right? The oxygen mask. Who do you put it on first yourself? I'm like almost probably out of control taking care of myself in regards to like reading sleep books and the control of our room and meditation and cold bath, but that helps me take on everything in the day. And it's not as difficult. No, it's really not. I think some of the most productive individuals in the world always factor in their own time first. You have to have time for you. You can't be totally giving and not supporting your own health. I agree. Your own mental and physical health. Let's talk a little bit about hiring because you've created kind of a hiring structure that is really unique as in you guys hire primarily internally. And then you also almost 100 percent take advantage of referral. Yes. So another thing that I've taken from the past is prior to me taking over, and I don't know if my dad just wasn't in touch with the field enough, right, to like feel like someone's not happy and they're going to leave, but someone would leave and then he'd go to a competitor and like try and spend a bunch of money to steal them, right? And so I wasn't comfortable with that because usually it didn't work out very well because you're bringing in someone that they're there for a title and it's just, it's bad. So yeah, like I said, when we lost all that money, 
I didn't get rid of anybody. And so most of my managers are from the years past and referrals. Yes, that's how we do it. And when we do referrals, I really just base it off. How is this person going to get along with everybody? Are they going to vibe? Because we got a pretty relaxed office, right? And I've had to deal with those cancers in the office and they can bring everybody down very quickly. Let's talk about growing people because that's something you place a premium on. And that's how you're actually filling roles is you're taking people from one department. Are you having conversations with your people and saying, hey, are you in the right seat right now? Do you feel like maybe there's some other place you'd like to grow? And if so, how do we get you there? I definitely am not the best person for that for one-on-one, but I have hired internal coaching for those reasons because I'm probably not the best teacher like when it comes to like the actual analytics and data. Yeah. But yeah, I think what's worked for us is outside services as long as they jive with where you're going with the business. I have a personal coach and sometimes they're able to get in more detail if this person can really lead people right with your culture so that's been extremely helpful i'm putting you know like i said my ceo through that stegan program that i went through it's not cheap but it's a long-term investment and i think that's the hardest thing for us is to drop the bunch of cash on something when you don't see the end result right away but it's been extremely extremely successful for us i think large companies have proven that you do get an ROI and people do stick around because of those training and development programs. Yes. When people see that they're growing. Again, the easiest part of my job a lot of times is when I call to recruit out of a company and somebody says, well, I'm not really growing. And I just open that career wound up a little bit. And next thing you know, like, and they just start telling me all these really in-depth things about why they're ready to leave. And it most definitely comes down to, well, my company doesn't invest in me. They don't give a shit about me. I'm just here to do the work. Justin, we're getting really close on time. What would be two or three key takeaways you can give the audience that can plug into their business today? All right. So I thought about this. I think for me, number one is you got to take care of yourself. You got to take care of your brain and your health or else you can't take care of everybody else. Second, I think there's this word ego. That's It's a fine line, the ego, right? You we needed ego to grow. I needed an ego, right? Because if you don't have ego, you can't get past a lot of the hate that you're given, right? You gotta be strong, but you also don't want ego to get in the way of how you treat people. And then my biggest gift I've ever received is giving back. And I think that has taken me the farthest where I'm at. Success is a broad word, right? You can be financially, which is whatever, but it's as a person. Like as a human, I think, just give back. Justin, thanks so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way in which members of the audience could reach you, find out a little bit more about you, maybe connect up with your company? Trencorenbricks.com is our website. T-R-E-N-C-O-R-E and B-R-I-X. Dot com. And just Justin Ertzik on Instagram. I do some funny videos every once in a while to like motivate people. Very cool. Well, I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, Brian Colburn, Andrea Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share after all this show's for you. And we wanted you to get as much value out of it as possible. You can join the Higher Power Radio community to hire H-I-R-E, power, P-O-W-E-R, radio, R-A-D-I-O.com, or you can drop me an email at rickandstridesearch.com. Tune in next Tuesday. Our guest is going to be Kisan Patel. He's the founder and CEO of MA Science and Deal Room. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to hiring success, Rick Gerard.